Greetings, and welcome to the Continental Drift, musings and ruminations on life here on the European continent. I'm Andy Valver. Well, it's Memorial Day, and that usually marks the beginning of the summer travel season. Traveling. Most everyone likes to travel. Travel comes in different forms. We travel to see family, or we travel to see new places, or we travel back to places we've been before. Safe to say the only form of travel we don't like is travel to work. I was thinking about travel this week and having just returned from Spain, and I got a text from my good friend Bill Chalmers, one of the most well-traveled human beings I know. More on him in a bit. In the text, he sent me a statistic from Flight Radar, the app that traces flights all over the world. And this past week saw a new record. Flight Radar tracked more than 253,000 flights in one day. That's right, 253,000. Where do you begin with a number like that? It makes me think of all the exhaust in the atmosphere. That can't be good. But the one thing that Bill mentioned was 253,000 flights without an incident. Pretty impressive. And that brings me to another item this week. And that brings me to another item. This past week, France passed a new law saying that flights that can be replaced by a train journey of under two and a half hours should be scrapped. So these days in France, you have to take a train for those short journeys, which I think is a great thing. I love train travel. Anyway, 253,000 flights. That is a lot of humanity on the move. And that's a good thing. People moving around the planet, I believe, helps us all understand each other a bit better. And we find that, for the most part, we are all very much alike. So, yes, Memorial Day, the start of travel season, and many people will be coming to Europe. Some kids for the first time in a school group. Some will be honeymoon couples. Others will be flying here to their summer homes or to an Airbnb they've reserved. Either way, the skies over the Atlantic will be full. And Europe will welcome everyone as we get back to normal tourism after the pandemic. I remember my first time traveling, sort of. I remember bits and pieces. I was three years old, and my father's job transferred him to Japan. Now, this was in an era before there were jet planes, so we boarded a Pan Am Boeing Stratocruiser and flew from New York to Japan. It was a long journey. It took a couple days. I don't remember much. A few images. A nighttime taxi ride to Idlewild Airport in New York. An airport ground staff guy spraying water at the window on the plane in Honolulu. I do remember being airsick. My poor mother. She had a three-year-old who was just learning how to walk. So for her, it was kind of like traveling with a staggering drunk who threw up on everything he could get to. Today, though, you can fly from New York to Tokyo in 14 hours. Proof positive that the world is getting smaller. Anyway, getting back to Europe. Folks will be coming to Europe, some for the first time and others to revisit old haunts. Some will bring their kids to show them where their grandparents came from, a reconnecting, if you will, to their past. My own first time in Europe, well, I had graduated from high school early in January, and the day after classes ended, I was on a plane to Zurich with my best friend Scott. Backpack and hiking boots and 300 hard-earned dollars and traveler's checks. 
and headed for his brother, who lived in Switzerland. After that, it was wherever the wind took us. Europe was a different place then, before cell phones, before ATM machines. There was, back in the early 70s, this thing called the Hippie Trail. You see, back in those days, backpacking around Europe was a thing, sort of like the hippie version of the Grand Tour at the turn of the century. In fact, it was called the Hippie Trail. Everyone met at American Express offices around Europe. American Express was the sort of staging ground for points unknown. Back before email, you could send a letter to, say, American Express in Paris, and they'd hold it for you. They acted as kind of a post office. It was called a poste restante, which is French for general delivery. Anyway, it was a wonderful service that I'm sure American Express came to regret. American Express offices were elegant buildings in the best part of town, and suddenly they became a mecca for long-haired hippies and Volkswagen buses. Stops along the hippie trail. This was where you could find a ride to your next destination. Okay, the hippie trail. There's a great piece in Wikipedia if you want more detail, but here's a brief description. The Hippie Trail, also known as the Overland, was the name given to an overland journey taken by members of the hippie subculture and others from the mid-1950s to the late 1970s, traveling from Europe and West Asia through South Asia, such as Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, to Thailand. The Hippie Trail was a form of alternative tourism, and one of the key elements was traveling as cheaply as possible, mainly to extend the length of time away from home. So, if you wanted to get to, say, Kabul, Afghanistan, there was usually a VW bus at an American Express office in Amsterdam, Paris, or Rome headed that way. You chip in for gas, share food, and get stoned, and off you went. It was fun, but it was a different time a time when carrying an American passport wouldn't get you killed. Anyway, enough about that. So, you're headed for Europe. As I said, there are those of you who are coming for the first time, and you're going to want to see the usual stuff. Fair enough. But perhaps some of you are looking for something a little different. Here's something you might consider in your upcoming travels. There's a place that I call the other south of France. Yes, the south of France, Cannes, Nice, Provence, is lovely, but it's expensive and overrun. Perhaps you read Peter Mayle's book about a year in Provence and want to check it out. Fair enough. But the other south of France is that area that lies just north of the Pyrenees and stretches from Toulouse to the Atlantic coast. It's remarkably similar to northern California, filled with vineyards, farms, and gentle rolling hills. And, best of all, it's largely untouched. Life in small towns that dot the countryside is inexpensive. You can usually get lunch, a three-course meal with wine, for about 15 euros. Last time I checked, you can't get a glass of wine at an airport in the U.S. for 15 euros. And lunches here last two hours. So sit back and relax. Travel is all about seeing how other folks live and perhaps taking a bit of what you've learned home and incorporating it in your own life. Or maybe you're interested in a different form of travel. I mentioned earlier that my dear friend Bill Chalmers is probably the most well-traveled human being I know. He and his wife Pamela have a company called The Global Scavenger Hunt. 
and it is precisely as the name implies. Each year, they take a group of two-person teams, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 20 teams, around the world. They don't know where they're going, only that you'll be given a list of scavengers to find in each location, the doing of which will expose you to people and places you would never, ever see on your own. And at the end of every day, you have a fabulous hotel to come back to for a drink and to recount your day's exploits with other team members. If you're interested, you can check it out at globalscavengerhunt.com. Anyway, it is summertime. Travelers are queuing in security lines. Walking shoes have been purchased. Plans have been made. Pets at home have been taken care of. And you're off. Here's wishing you safe travels and days of discovery and wonder. That's it for this week. Thanks for giving me some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is The Continental Drift. See you next week.